Hey guys, this is Sarah from Engage Church, and thanks for listening to our podcast today. Subscribe to our podcast channel in iTunes so you'll get sermons as we upload them. We would love for you to leave comments and like our podcasts in iTunes as well. If you have any more questions or want more info about Engage Church, check out our website at engagechurchduluth.com. Enjoy. Well, we are certainly making friends here this morning with uh, the opening song of I think it was your pitiful or something like that. That'll, that'll all make sense here in a moment when you realize the conversation we're going to have today. Well, let's be honest, it's not a conversation. I'm just going to talk to you guys. But anyhow, I'm glad that you're here this morning. Um, I'm Pastor Josh, by the way, if I didn't introduce myself before. This is Engaged Church. We're super excited to have you guys and uh, just hope that you enjoy your time here. Um, it's, it's awesome to see all you guys. So we've been in this uh, kind of conversation about my big fat mouth and our big fat mouth gets us in trouble a lot but it doesn't just get us in trouble it actually can kind of damage our heart in some ways and things like that and so last week we talked about complaining and um, what that does when we complain and that we are we are just uh, if we can't if we can change our circumstances then we're going to do something about it and if we can't change our circumstances then we're going to change our perspective and that's really what we talked about last week Excuse me. This week we're going to talk about criticism. Criticism. And I'm not talking about the criticism like the constructive criticism that you get, you know, when somebody uh, tries to help you kind of better yourself or anything like that. What I'm talking about is the not so helpful coaching, the, the you know, destructive, belittling, kind of nagging type of things. And I know that there's some of you already that are like, yes. Thank Lord in heaven that I brought my spouse here this morning, or my boss is here, or I'm going to shoot an email to somebody. But I want to remind you before we go too much farther that this is not called their big fat mouth. This is called my big fat mouth. So we're, we're going to be talking about us, and this is just a, an excellent, excellent conversation for us to um, be talking about. So, you know, the... the uh, crucial spirit, if you will, the, the criticizing of people, that's really hard for us. The difficult thing about this, why we need to talk about it is, honestly, it's not that easy to see in the mirror. Some of us just don't know that we do that. And, and quite honestly, we, we get very frustrated when people criticize us, right? But we have a tendency to justify when we're criticizing somebody else. And, and I'm never going to stand up here and get on a soapbox and, and be this like kind of political guy or anything like that. I am here to proclaim Jesus to you. That's what I do. That's all I want to be about. But I will say when we look around us, when we watch the news, when we get into conversations wherever we're at, when we're on Facebook, things like that, it is just a lot of criticism out there. It's a lot of talk. You know, the only thing that hurts my heart in this, like I love conversation. I really do. I, I like when we can come together, we can see maybe something in a different way. We can talk about that. That's called being a human being and being in relationship. Like, we're not always going to agree. What, what really kind of starts to break my heart and gets me really close to being annoyed sometimes is the amount of division that's around us in our culture. I mean, it's just people, like, just slamming one another. And I understand that there's different views out there, and maybe there's somebody in leadership right now that you don't really, really prefer. But, I mean, man, God's on the throne. You got to know, like, he's in control. And, and we need to be talking about uh, love and compassion and caring for one another, not throwing division out there. 
So that's my little five minutes of Josh Levac, and I'll shut up now and let the Lord take control here. Sorry. But it's very easy for us to justify. We have a tendency to say, you know, they deserve it in our minds. Like, we just don't like the way somebody dresses. We don't like what they post on social media. We don't like what they're driving. We don't like how they spend their money. Maybe the way they raise their kids is just not the way that we would do it. We get very uh, critical very quick. It's easy for us to do that. And the Bible actually says something about this. I love the Bible. God's word is so true. And if you want to um, read something that's alive and will change your life and can change your perspective, I encourage you to open up God's word. A lot of us oftentimes, we, we hear it maybe once a week in a service or we read something online or whatever, and that's just not enough. We're supposed to meditate on this day and night. It's important, guys. Like, I'm not trying to be like a Sunday school teacher here. I'm just saying it's really important. Get in your word and, um, and let that just uh, change you. I mean, it will. So here's, here's something that scripture says about criticism. In um, Galatians 5, 14 and 15, it says, for the whole law can be summed up in this one command. We've heard this a lot. Many of us have heard this. Love your neighbor as yourself. The whole law can be summed up. If you would just do this, you get, you get a lot more. See, a lot of people ask me, like, I just don't really understand what it means to be a Christian. Or I don't understand, like, really what the Bible's trying to say. The Bible is, is this story, this love story, if you will, of our creator. And, and we became disconnected with him when we sinned, we disobeyed, we, we pushed ourselves away from him. And it's an entire story of how he's pursuing you out of his love for you. And what he's asked us to do in there with this entire book, you will understand if you can understand this one concept. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. So you can get over so many hurdles if that becomes real in your life. Here at Engage Church, we are trying to reach more people for Christ. If we're going to do that, our heart has to break for our neighbors. We have to love our neighbors. And that doesn't mean that we're pointing at them and telling them everything that's wrong with their life. We just want to show them the life that they can have with Jesus that's changed our life. That's what we're here to do. And it goes on and it says this in verse 15. But if you are always biting and devouring one another, watch out. Okay, this is a wake-up call. If you're always slamming division out there, you might want to just kind of slow down for a second and think about where, you know, what's coming out of your mouth and what's really kind of in your heart. Watch out. It's a, it's a warning. Beware of destroying one another. That's not, what the, that's not what Scripture teaches us to be. Do you realize that what if your mouth is destroying intimacy in your marriage right now? Some of us come in here, we're just, we don't know really what happened. Some kids got involved, the finances got involved, other things get involved. We're not sure where that intimacy is going, but could it be your mouth? Could it be your mouth? What if if your mouth is actually building walls up against you and your kids? Where could that be? Are are you being critical? Are you being criticizing? What if it's distancing you from friendships? One thing I love about the local church is it's a great place to build friendships. That's what it's about. If you came to engage this morning and you're expecting like a list of rules and this is how you got to live this week and this and that, uh-uh. what we want to do here is we want to get to know each other. 
And, and that, that's, that's what it's all about. It's, it's loving one another, caring for one another, locking arms, and living life together so we can learn and we can grow towards Christ. Right. We want to look more like him. Yeah. So if you look for rules this morning, you're not going to get it here. If you want a relationship, you're in the right spot. And we're glad you're here. But maybe it's, here, here's where it comes in, very crucial. <coughs> I'm sorry about that, guys. Very crucial for the local church. Think about this. If engaged church, I mean, vision statements and mission statements are wonderful when they're on paper. Man, they even look good. I might even get one tattooed on me or something like that, right? It looks good. It's, it's something that kind of clicks. You know, reach more people for Christ. Boy, that sounds great, doesn't it? You can see the bumper stickers now. We just look like champions, but they don't do anything when they stay on paper. They don't do anything when they stay on paper. And maybe our mouths, maybe we could start with our mouths. And do you think that our mouths are damaging our witness when we're trying to go out and we're, we're witnessing to this, this uh, city and we want to show them love? Boy, I'm reminded that I joke around and hear a lot about my driving, but it's actually a serious thing I'm taking serious because... I don't like driving on 35. I mean, I love driving. I just don't like anybody else around me. And I'll let them know it sometimes with a little honk honk and a swerve towards them, you know. And then it's like, hey, come to church on Sunday. You know, Jesus loves you. They're like, is that the bald pastor from Engage? And my wife's hitting me. And like, it's just, you know, is it damaging our witness? That's what I want us to think about here. There's some, uh, we have these grow groups here. Again, it's all about relationship here. We want you to seek a relationship with Christ and a relationship with people. That's what we're called to do. So sometimes we like really get that complicated, but that's what it's about. And there's some, uh, in our grow group, we meet on uh, Wednesday nights, and in my book, it's like the best one there is because the people are cool that come, and I love these people. But um, we meet together, and we've been uh, going through, in October 1st we started because there's 31 days in October, and we're just reading through the, the book of Proverbs. Okay, so we're reading a chapter a day. It's super cool. That's just what we're doing together. But there's in the, it, as we're doing this, there's so many contrasting verses in the Bible. What I mean by that is like the upfront says one thing and then it kind of tells you the next thing uh, right after it. And Proverbs um, 12, 18 actually says this. It says, some people make cutting remarks. My, my grandma, I love my grandma. She was like the coolest lady ever, but she just always would say stuff to my mom and I would like hear it. It's like, oh, really, that shirt today? You know, it was like, what was that? Like cutting remarks, right? Or, or what about the friend that you call that hasn't tried to call you, but once you do, it's like, well, it's about time you called me, right? I mean, phone goes both ways, right? You, we all have those, those people in our lives and sometimes we can be. So it says, some people make cutting remarks, but the words of, hear this, the wise... The wise person bring healing. Bring healing. Do you realize that in a local church, we confess to God for the forgiveness of our sins, but we confess to one another so there's healing that comes about. You want to know why? Because when I can say, man, I'm broken. I've been battling in my marriage. I've just been looking at my wife and I'm just frustrated and, and I don't want to feel this way. But when I can share that with one of you and you can say, you know what, Josh? I've been there, and this is kind of how I work through it, and I just believe that, you know, things are going to be great, and let me pray with you. It starts to heal. It starts to heal. The words of the wise bring healing. I like Ephesians 4.29. I have a lot of verses for you here this morning, but we'll, we'll go somewhat quicker. Uh, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. Boy, that's convicting to probably 90% of us in here, just thinking about the drive-in this morning. 
you know, kids in the back screaming, no coffee, lots of things, right? Or maybe you paid bills this week and a couple surprised you and some kind words came out of your mouth to the Como propane gas company who overcharged you for a service fee. I don't know, that's pretty specific, <laughs> but uh, it could happen, I don't know. But it says, but only, <laughs> I mean, we got to have a little fun, right? Sure. I'm not perfect people, okay? I get mad at gas companies, okay? But only what is helpful for building up others. There it is again. According to their needs. According to their needs. The whole law is summed up. Love your neighbor as yourself. When you're concerned about other people's needs, that they may benefit that it may benefit those who listen. Guys, here's some truths that just come out of that, and I, and I don't think I need to really even give many examples. It's just true. Some of us have no idea how much criticism can hurt somebody. Some of us have been affected by it. I mean, I can remember, my dad's a good man, and he's always built me up, but I remember there's a couple things I'm just not going to share because it's not fair to him, but... There's just like some things I remember one time when we were fishing and he just said something to me. And in his mind, he probably didn't even mean it. I'm 36 years old. I was like 10 then and I remember that still. I mean, I've let it go, I think, but it's still there. And some of us have some deep-rooted bitterness because of some hurtful things that people have said to us and we have to start to work to let those go. Some of us, in fact, that hurt has taken us into this sinful, dark place that we never thought we'd go. We feel like we're stuck there. We need to break free of that. And I just want to tell you once again, I know I point back to it a lot, like Jesus is your Savior, but the local church is a place where you can have healing. Got to plug in. It's amazing things, and I love that you guys are doing that because you're going to see something powerful happen. But here's the upside of that. It's like, Josh, quit being a downer today. I'll try. It says... But the other idea is that you have no idea how God might use a single word of encouragement. Single word of encouragement. I have a, a small story here. Um, so I pastored in a, not, not the lead pastor, but I was a pastor in a church of a large church, like 5,000 people down in Florida. Had no business being a part of this church. I wasn't ready, but they liked me there apparently. And for some reason, there was 23 pastors, but I was the only other guy, and I was, you know, 10 years younger, I was the only other guy that the, the lead pastor would allow to speak. And the speaking was on TV, it was on the internet, like you knew there was an audience, right? It was just kind of in the back of your mind, and, and keep in mind, I didn't have much experience at that time. And he asked me to preach. He wanted to take, you know, the week off. There were six services that week. Um, that's how it goes down there. It was insane. But I remember being so nervous that I was like sweating. And when I got up, and I hesitate to tell you this, but it's actually the videos on YouTube. And uh, it's kind of funny. If you guys can tell me how many times I pace back and forth, I'll give you uh, like $10 or something. But I just sat up there. This is what I did. I'm like, the whole time, I am not exaggerating. This is what I did. Like, imagine watching me talk today, and this is what's happening. I was so nervous. And I looked out a couple times, and I'm like, you know what I mean? And, and there was... <laughs> there was one time where there was some crowd participation. I'm like, oh, these people are hearing it. Yeah, this is great. And I said, I just got all excited, and I was like, you know, I just don't like that crap. I said that. 
Okay, I know that appalls some people. It's not a, a good word. Well, there's this one lady, and I hope she's listening today. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. But there was this one lady that she just, there's, there's, there's people like this in life. And it's like, they're kind of like the tree you don't want. You cut them down and two more come out of the, the roots. You know what I mean? Like, you can't get rid of them. They're just there in your life. You know, complainers will always be the loudest, but they're never the most. But every time you turn around, they're just right there. And this was one of those ladies, and she's just like, well, Josh, I just, two things she told me. She's like, well, I hope you have other things in mind other than speaking, because you're not good at it. I'm like, thank you, thank you, smiles. And she's like, and that remark about crap, she's like, I guess you'll just have to pray to Jesus about that one, because I don't know. And I'm like, I got excited. It came out. I'm sorry, you know. And so I literally, it doesn't sound like much, but I was like destroyed by those comments. Like, I'm like, I blew it. I, I mean, all these other people came through and they're like, you know, next time. I'm like, oh, that's what you want to hear. You know, and maybe next time it was okay. You lost a couple calories. You know, I'm back and forth and back and forth. And, but this, this lady put in that criticism. And there's times that I've even spoke um, on certain subjects and things like that that have been hard, and I go back to that, and I remember, and I, it, it jars me once in a while, even though I've had some experience in this now. That tore me down, just that simple word. But then Monday came around, and I get in, and pastor got back, and he had watched the video, yay. And he's like, come on into the office, and, and he sits me down, and I'm like, oh, here we go. I'm never doing this again. I totally blew it. And um, he didn't say that, though. He says, um, yeah, you can work on some things. You'll do better next time. And I'm like, oh, here it goes. This is like the, the easy breakup, you know what I mean? Like, it's just not there, you know. But so he's like, you know, but here's some things. And he went right off. He goes, you had some amazing insight into text. He's like, man, I just, you, you didn't even have to look at your notes. In fact, you were like pacing the whole time. I'm like, oh, you noticed that. So um, he said that. He's like, your, your passion was contagious, you know, these are things that I'm just like, wow. And he's like, and I really feel like I, I connected to your message. And I, I felt like I was like on top of the world coming out of there. I, I, I felt like I could conquer anything. I really did. It, it was just this incredible thing. I mean, he could have gone the other way and told me some other things. So some people, some people, like this lady, was a life taker, right? And those words were life-giving to me. I really believe that if I would have had many people like that lady, and I've had, believe me, I've had some very interesting conversations um, after sermons. It's fun. But I really believe if there was a lot of those ladies right on the, or, or guys on the, those complainers or, or criticized people right on the upfront, I probably would have just said, this just isn't for me. I needed that pastor. I needed that word of encouragement. So we have no idea how criticism can hurt us, and some of us are dealing with that here, but we also don't know what God might do with one single encouraging word. And my question to you today, as we close up in the next, you know, three to four hours here, um, is who do you want to be? Do you want to be a life giver or do you want to be a life taker? Do you want to be a joy giver or do you want to be a joy sucker? And maybe a better thing is when you look in the mirror, where do you think you fall right now? And just get real honest. Because here's the great thing about a life with Jesus. He's a life changer. He helps us change our lives. We don't have to stay there. Our attitude is a choice. Our attitude is a choice. We get to pick that each and every morning. So I want to talk about two people. There's, a, there's fault finders. 
Do you want to be a fault finder? Some of us, you know, we just, uh, I keep going back to spouses, but maybe it's just another uh, relationship, you know, that you're, you're early on dating, whatever that might be. And, and, or maybe you're single and every time you kind of date someone, you're just overly critical. You're a fault finder. Well, I don't like the way that they chew. They're, they don't walk right. They, you know, they don't drive right. That would definitely be me in there. Um, the way that they breathe. Maybe at work it's like, I don't like how they run their meetings. I would do it this way, and they just don't have a clue. And um, maybe it's like, I'm not really sure I like the, the, the shows my son's letting his kids watch, or whatever that might be. Um, you look for what's wrong. You may not recognize that you do it. This is a very difficult thing to look in the mirror on. You may not re- realize, but you're, you're a fault finder. And I'm not calling anybody this, but I'm going to bring a truth out here, and this is going to maybe sting a couple people in here. The reason that I I bring this up in such a desperate way, if you will, in such a serious way, even though we're having fun here this morning, is that in Revelation 12, this is how they describe devil, the Satan. They describe him as an accuser. He's not only the king of lies, the king of the darkness, but he is an accuser. He comes against everyone, and he finds fault. And even when you think he's for you, he's still finding fault. He came to seek, kill, and destroy. He wants to take every bit of your joy, every bit of your happiness, and he wants to suck it out of you. They call him the accuser. That's why I make such a big deal about this. Maybe we, maybe we accuse because we feel like in a circle it makes us look smart or it makes us look knowledgeable or like that we're better than where we really are. I don't know why we do that, but I'll tell you this, and I think we could all raise our hand, we won't. Have you ever met a critical person that you want to be like? You ever met a critical person that you're just like, man, I want to be more like them? I don't really even like to be around critical people, to be honest with you. I start to push away. <laughs> it's not a joy. It doesn't bring life. Proverbs twenty one nineteen says this, and um, let's not put it up there yet. If you did, you maybe did, but um, ladies, before I read this, I love you all. Men, I have some instruction. Keep your eyes forward. Breathe normal. Don't nudge anybody when I read this verse. This is going to be, I'm going to be just Mr. Man on this one. But this is God's word. This is not Josh Levac here. This is God's word. Proverbs 21, 19. It is better to live in a, alone in the desert than when a, with a quarrelsome, complaining wife. Oh, Lord, bless your word as we read this. Okay? But I'll tell you what, if I could write a translation, even though we're not supposed to put anything in the Bible, there isn't anything in the Bible that says anything about a man. But I'll tell you this, I would say, like, it's better to shove bamboo sticks up your fingernails than it is to live with a man who wants to tell you how to do things all the time or thinks his way is the right way, right? It goes both ways. So we're having fun with that this morning. Husbands, do not take that home and read it to your wives. I do not want emails on that one. But there it is. The point is, like, we don't want to be around critical people. It's, it's better just to be alone and in the middle of nowhere. We don't want to be around this. So we can be fault finders or we can be hope dealers. Yes, I said hope, not dope. I know there's some people from Colorado that listen. That's not okay. This is hope with the H here, right? All right. Hope dealers. And when we look at Romans 15, 13, it says this, may, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and trust in him. We need trust in our lives so that you may 
uh, overflow with hope by the power of his Holy Spirit. That's awesome. You, you know, uh, we, when you look at, at scripture, it says neither death nor life, nor angels, nor demons, nor present, nor future, nor powers, neither height nor depth, nothing else in all creation can separate us from love of God in Christ. And they have all these names for Jesus. They have, you know, the Alpha, the Omega, the Great I Am, right? The, the beginning, the end, the, the, the Lamb of God. They have all these awesome, awesome names in the Bible. But these ones get me fired up. When we look in 1 Timothy, it says Jesus is called our hope. He's called our hope. When you look at Titus 2, Jesus is called the blessed hope. He's our hope. He's a hope giver. First Peter, he's the living hope. Yeah. Amen to that. Yeah. Amen to that. See, there's, uh, there's Pharisees out there who are fault finders. Pharisees were these group of people that they knew all about Scripture. They knew all about, supposedly, the heavenly things. But they were the ones that wanted to throw the scroll out that had a list of rules on it. And you better follow this. You better get your hair right. You better dress a certain way. You better, you, better, you know raise your kids a certain way, you better give a certain amount of things. And They were the ones that wanted to point everything wrong out in you. They were fault finders. And as we just read scripture, who does that mirror? Jesus or the enemy? I know that's a hard truth, but it's real. What are we showing to Duluth, Minnesota when we're fault finders? Who are we showing? Who are we glorifying? That's real here this morning. The Pharisees, they wanted to find all kind of fault. In fact, there was this incredible situation that happened, and this woman was actually caught, caught in adultery. And at this time, it was like, you stone her, she's done, that's it. Okay, that, that's what would happen. And these Pharisees are sitting there, they're calling her names, and she's literally, she was caught in adultery. I don't think I need to go on with that, but like, not clothed, like just throw her in the middle of the, the floor. How humiliating, Right? fault finders and they're just throwing names at her what she is and why she needs to be stoned and why she needs to be dead and, and all these things but then the hope dealer comes along Jesus our hope living hope hope of the world he comes along and, and we don't know what he wrote I tend to believe that what the scholars kind of think he starts writing in the sand just with his finger he starts writing the sand right next to the lady and one by one, the fault finders had to walk away. And what scholars believe is that he was writing down sins. And as these Pharisees saw that, they were like, oh, he knows what's going on there. I better go this way. Because what I'm accusing, I'm guilty of. Oh, I love that story. That's awesome. We have a hope dealer. Jesus wants to tell you who you are. He wants to tell you that there's hope that he died for your sin, that you're sitting there and you're maybe fearful of or you're shameful of. He wants to bring about healing in that. He's going to use a relationship with him, his word. You know, that he wants you to get to know him through God's word. But then he has a thing that he designed called the local church. And he wants you to find some people. It may take a while. But he wants you to get to know each other so that there can be healing. I don't know anybody in here who wouldn't want some healing. 2 Corinthians 13, 11 closes up like this. It says, my, I close my letter with these last words. Be joyful. Grow in maturity. I love that. So being a hope dealer, that's about growing into maturity. 
That's taking a step forward. I, I know I want to be better tomorrow than more than I am today. I want to grow. I want to move forward. Grow into maturity. Encourage each other. Live in harmony and peace. I don't see that on any news station. I don't hear that in much music. I don't see that on Facebook. I don't hear that with our leaders of their cities or our countries talking about that. I want to live in harmony. Do we want to be fault finders or do we want to be hope dealers? I think we can change things. I really believe that with God's power. I want to be a part of that movement. I won't do it. I won't get caught up into it. I refuse. Because this is why. Then the God of love and peace will be with you. Come, God. We want you. I don't know where we landed. So here's the deal. We have no idea how much criticism can hurt. We have no idea how much an encouraging word can help. (coughs) Maybe we're sitting here today and we're thinking of our kids. I know I do often. They're not the most tidy people. In fact, if if you don't have kids and you're thinking about it, I'm just going to tell you this, worst roommates in the world. I mean, just, uh -uh, not good. They don't pay rent. They eat all your food. Toilet paper's gone when you need it. It's just not good. I mean, they're great and all, but not good roommates. But maybe, maybe instead of getting on them, maybe, maybe we can bring out what's good about them. I think of my son. He's like one of the most compassionate people I've ever met. He's, if he goes and gets a piece of candy, I don't know what's up with him. I have not trained him well. He wants to get a piece of candy for his two sisters and everybody else. I mean, just an amazing, like, I can't, that's just something in him. You know, that's, that's God breathed, if you ask me. And maybe our roommate, they eat all your food, they wear all your clothes. I got a story there I won't tell you today. But, um, but maybe they're the most loyal friend you've ever had. And we can be hope finders instead of fault finders. Maybe your wife is just not the most organized, but you know what? You just don't recognize and you haven't told her in a while how great of a mom she really is. And maybe your hubby ain't ever going to get yard of, the, yard of the year. If you've ever been out to my house, you know that. But man, when he's out there mowing next time, you say, boy, you looked really good on that mower. Encourage him along. Encourage him along. When you're around me, this is just my commitment. I can only tell you, I want to be, be a hope dealer like Jesus. I want to lift you up. I don't want to be fake with you. I mean, sometimes we need to get down to the nitty-gritty and talk about things. I want to encourage you. Would you guys join me with that? I mean, this week, like, find somebody. Encourage somebody. You know that people that are pre-believers, that are unchurched, when they haven't been to church in a while, they literally say that they are fearful. This is, this is like a statistic, that they are fearful to walk through the doors because of the way they'll be looked at, judged, and what God might think of them. They think that there's like a barrier, like God's everywhere, but they just think there's a barrier that once they step foot in a place like this, no wonder our churches are not seeing massive people come to Christ. It's scary. But we can change that. We can be hope dealers. I'm not trying to tell us to to not look at things that need to change and all that good stuff, And, and sometimes it's great to give critical feedback, and I love that but we don't have to be nasty about it. And this week, I just encourage you, would you just join me? Like, seriously, on social media, can you just, just for me, will you just put some 
hope on there and stay away from the things that you're against and talk more about what you're for, like Jesus and friendship and a healthy community. I'm just throwing that out there. I'm just being bold here today and asking you to do that on social media this week because I wonder what would happen as you go out into the city if you're doing that, what your comments might be. Let's pray, then we're going to do communion. Lord, we love you. We thank you so much for your word. We never take that for granted. Thank you so much that you are our hope, that we can put our hope in you, put our trust in you. We may never have seen you. We may not even sure if we've ever felt you, but we realize that faith is the assurance of what we don't see and being positive in what we hope for, and that's you. (laughs) We just want to grow closer to you today, Jesus. Some of us are, all of us are on a journey. We're all in different spots on that journey. We're considering you. Some of us have just made a choice for you. Wherever that is, where everyone is today, Jesus, we're just thankful that you're the God that meets us there. We give you the glory for everything that you're doing in this local church, in our hearts, and in this city. And we join you in being hope dealers. Help us change, Jesus. We pray this in your name. Amen. Well, you know, God's done so much in this local church. And uh, I've really been overwhelmed by that this week, to be honest with you. Uh, I got an opportunity to go and talk to some other pastors uh, around the three states of North Dakota, South Dakota, and Minnesota. And to be honest with you, a lot of them are really struggling with some things uh, just in their local churches. And in some ways, it felt a little bit (laughs) guilty to sit across from them and just be like, I'm excited about ministry. I'm excited about seeing God change lives. And when they asked how we were doing it, Everything I said pointed back to you guys. Just welcoming. People being willing to step out and take somebody out to coffee or invite them into their home and just get to know each other. It's just friendships are being built. And God does something in the middle of that that I can't even explain. In fact, sometimes I wonder, Lord, when do you want me to show up to the game here? I mean, and then he's like, Josh, you bring the looks. It's okay. You know, you just, (laughs) oh man, that was bad. Anyhow, So I'm just excited about what God's doing. He's doing so much. Jesus is so worthy to be praised. But when we take communion, it's not about what he's doing here in engaged church. We can't be that selfish when we look at this. It's about what he's done for our lives and our hearts. Has he changed you? Have you allowed him to come into your life? Bring that hope into your life, that joy. He wants that desperately. Wants it desperately. In fact, in Psalms, it says that the the Lord longs to be gracious to you and to be compassionate to you. Does that sound like somebody that's pretty scary? He wants to help you through any situation that you're in. He he might want to help you get through it or he might want to help you change your perspective. But he's there and he's real. He's changed my life. And so when I step into communion, I just think, about everything that he wanted this to be, remembering what he did on that cross for all of us, me individually, that he gave an opportunity for my kids if they would only just accept him to live in eternity with him. That's like 
awesome. And so Jesus is in this upper room with his closest friends. And he knew what was coming. Can't imagine the pain that this man knew in his mental mind what was going to happen to him. It wasn't just a couple lashings. It was unrecognizable beating and mocking and terror that none of us could probably imagine. But he looks at his closest friends. He says, I want a way for you guys to remember this moment, this time, and, and really recognize what I did. So he takes the bread and he just says, this represents my body. I was broken for you. Take this and remember me. So we do. And he lifts a cup. And he says, this represents my blood. The new promise of life. Of hope. Not finding your faults like you think it's all about and what you're doing to yourself. But seeing who you are. Who you really are in me. This is the new promise that represents my blood that was poured out for you. Take this. Lord, as we uh, go home this week, we remember you. John 3.30 says, He must become greater and I must become less. Lord, as this church grows numerically, because I know it will, People are being reached and changed for you, and that is just what naturally happens. When we go fishing with you, Jesus, our nets overflow, they break. We can't even imagine the things that you have for us because nothing is impossible with you. We don't know that kind of life, but with you, it's real. But as that happens, my prayer, as we pray for people to be saved and people to invite not only here on a Sunday morning, but into their own lives so relationships and trust can be built, we pray that Engage becomes a shadow in this city of who you are. And you're elevated. Your grace, your mercy. It is all for you, Jesus. We remember that through this communion today. We pray this in your name. Amen. Well, guys, thanks for joining us. Don't forget to add us to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Engage Duluth on Facebook and on the web at EngageChurchDuluth.com. See ya.